knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk logistics. Um, networking, community, uh, having resources of people rather than just stuff can be a huge game changer with survival and, and you know, basically getting through hard times. Uh a lot of the the prepper survivalist kind of world isolation is a a kind of accepted norm i think people tend to uh isolate themselves cuz one it's impossible to take care of everybody and two people are worried about keeping their own uh their stuff safe and you know it, out of the prying eyes of people who have ill intent, I guess. But another thing, um, you know, a, a lot of times the people who become preppers or whatever are people who don't trust their government. That's not always the case. I mean, if you just watch the world and how things play out, you understand that things, you know, constantly are changing and people end up in different situations and with different stuff and people, you know, end up, there are a lot of things to prepare for. Um, even environmental issues, uh, earthquakes, you know, hurricanes, whatever. But sometimes there's been major catastrophes like what happened in uh, Puerto Rico. Now, Puerto Rico luckily had big brother America right there to come, you know, bail them out and bring in aid and stuff, which made it not the end of the world. But I mean, for a lot of little countries, that kind of would have been the end of the world if other people didn't step up. Mm -hmm. And it's just that, you know, we tend to think that there's, you know, different things that, you know, can affect us. So either way, a lot of people kind of get into that 
well, I don't trust my government. And I'm kind of one of those people who doesn't really trust my government to always make the best choices in my interest. I also right. see countries like Iran and China wanting to, uh, you know, wanting to destroy America, you know, when they run around with their death to America chance kind of thing. I, I tend to, you know, believe that they actually hate us. You know, when I go to uh, Middle Eastern countries and they just spit on you as the American soldier, you're like, oh, they might not like us here. They might not care. You, know, you think you. that. So anyway, um, so I, I think people have ill intent out there. So anyway, what happens is people tend to keep their stuff, their cards close to the chest and they don't want to, uh, you know, tell anybody, you know, what they have. And so they end up kind of being closed off. And the more I go out and hang out in my community, I realize there's a lot of great people out there and a lot of people who would be kind of valuable assets and good people to know, good people to have. And I guess the way it started um, that got me thinking about this lately is um, my wife has been doing a lot of like farmer's market type stuff. And I go into town and I'm in a tiny town. I, I actually uh, been talking to the mayor when I go to this farmer's market and, and I'm kind of seeing how he operates and it is such a tiny town. Uh, the, the town that I live outside of, is 223 people it's 0.7 square miles and uh i think it's 60 percent in poverty it's it's pretty rough but uh anyway it so but what it ends up being is it's super close-knit and people kind of all know each other and and it's kind of cool like that so talking to the mayor this guy kind of knows everybody in the town and he knows what kind of resources they are. So when the farmer's market happened, he wanted to, oh, you know, I want one of the local pastors. Now, mind you, I say pastors because there's about eight churches in that tidy town. I haven't figured out how that <laughs> happened. But uh, anyway, oh, I want a pastor to come and do like an opening prayer and and come check it out. I want uh, somebody to come out and help and you know, set up some stuff and can we bring in, you know, a food cart or, you know, we got the uh, hot dog cart came over for, you know, breakfast time farmer's market. Cause that, you know, seems like a good idea, you know, whatever. But he knew kind of everybody. And the thing is because he's kind and because he gets involved and he looks out for people and he talks to people, everybody's happy to return the favor and kind of, Hey, you know, you need me. I'm here for you because you've been here for me and you've helped out. And he was talking about how he kind of gets, you know, gets to know people. He's like, yeah, I like to get up an hour early before the farmer's market. So I can come out and help people set up the tent and get ready to go. And that way, when I'm helping them, I can get to know them and have a chance to talk to them. And by making a little effort on your part, kind of opens that door and sets the stage of kind of network and build, building a community. Now, the reason I say all that and the reason it's kind of important to get to know each other is, you know, it, it's so much better to have allies than enemies in a time that's, you know, bad. I'm not saying tell people all, hey, you know, I'm the crazy prepper guy up the road and I have 
you know, all this stuff and, you know, I can help out and whatever. Whoa, you don't want to be, you don't want to be goodwill to whatever, but you want to get involved and know people. One, you kind of know what's going on and understand your community a little better. But two, you can start to work into the conversations of kind of getting other people prepared and kind of nudging them in the right direction of what they could do to make their situation better. Cause the more prepared people are around you, the less they're going to want to come and take your stuff is the bottom line. And the more, you know, the less will be required of you to help out and the more you can kind of work together. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, uh, a lot of us kind of uh, view prepping and view our preps as like, you know, the lone wolf type of, uh, you know, you know, man standing up for his family, you know, out there, out there alone. But the truth of the matter is, you know, we all live in communities um, that, that, you know, have a lot of, a lot to, to offer. You know what I mean? The people around you have a lot to offer and, uh, you know, just being involved with your local community can make a big difference in your, you know, in your preps and, and your uh, survival, if, you know, if it really comes down to it. Right. I know, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, they would say, uh, you know, if you committed a heinous crime, they would banish you or exile you. And, you know, right. that that was really it. You were fucked if that happened. You're out there and you're alone and you're there's no way you're going to make it. You know, nowadays we don't really think of that as being, you know, being a, a, a something right. terrible. But the truth is, I'm still going to have my Starlink internet and my right, exactly, exactly. And I, I think, uh, you know, when you're looking for people in your community uh, that share your same views and beliefs, or at least you know similar ideas and beliefs, you know, you want to go, you want to find the natural habitat, right? If you're hunting for deer. You don't go to uh, downtown, you know, by, you know, in the firehouse parking lot looking for deer. You want to be in the woods in their natural habitat where they're naturally hanging out, hanging out. So, I mean, if, if you, you know, if you just wanted to cruise through your, your gun stores, um, you know, your gun shows, agricultural expos, you know, that sort of stuff, you might start to run into this, into people that have the same kind of, same kind of uh right views you know one of the great places i find people that that you know have similar interests are when i take classes you know i remember yes. i remember you talking about taking a uh, trapping class a couple of years back and right. uh i know you were talking about running into a lot of people hunting classes shooting classes first aid classes um one of my favorite things is the uh you know when our when one of the places i run into the most people that that I enjoy talking to are, you know, different, different clubs and organizations like the American Legion, um, you know, the VFW, you know, that sort of group. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of us look at, you know, look at people and, and think, all right, I, I need somebody that's good at nursing in my, my community. I need, you know, in my prepper organization right. here, I need somebody that's, you know, really good at, at, firearms but you know the truth is almost every profession you know anybody that's got almost any job is going to fit into you know your your group if you if you you know make a space for it well also if you get to know people and that's the thing 
I mean, people might not even know what the asset they bring to the table is. Um, you know, somebody involved that you're, you know, you're paying attention and, and listening to, you know, podcasts like this, reading books, listening to prepper novels or whatever. Yeah, you can go in and go, yo, you know, these are the skills that, you know, could be a great asset to a, a prepper community. But your average person doesn't even always realize what, you know, how their skill might translate into a survival kind of situation. And even planning and organizing has a purpose, you know, nobody likes the big, you know, logistic, uh, nobody likes management. That's really the thing. Nobody likes the big, you know, whatever, but it really takes somebody who can organize and whatever. Um, I know in the Navy you had what SKs or whatever, the shopkeepers, the supply people, Mm -hmm. they have a new name now. I haven't really figured out what it is, but you know, those guys who know who has what, where it is, and how to get it are a valuable asset. And right. so somebody who's the big talker and, and kind of knows and can, you know, just has the right personality might be your guy for that. And just kind of understanding people's abilities and who they are, you're they're bringing, you know, something to the table. You can realize who would be good for what. And I would say organizing people to align with you as opposed to leaving them to fend for themselves. Cause when people get desperate, it, it doesn't end well, you know, um, desperate people do desperate things. And that's something we want to, uh, you know, avoid in, in a tough situation. So just learning how to, you know, communicate with each other and, and work together, but also knowing people's abilities beforehand and the thing is, if you can encourage them to stress it a little bit more. Um, so if you have a friend who maybe was an EMT or whatever, and you could nudge them into taking some more classes to up their medical stuff to maybe have them say, hey, you know, do you stockpile any kind of, you know, medical equipment or whatever? Could you, you know, what would it take? Like, what kind of things would you need? Even if. You had them say, look, I'm planning, I'm putting together my own kind of like EMT bag or something. Could you help me stock it and, you know, just show me the right things or they might know where to get stuff cheap or they might know whatever. But the thing is, if you had the tools that maybe you don't even know how to use, when this guy becomes your buddy later in a time where you kind of need him to be the medical guy, if you can't nudge him into preparing his own stuff, you could maybe have the tools that might be the difference between life and death. That, you know, is something to look at. The guy who's the gunsmith who you nudge to take the extra class or two, the, hey, you like guns, you know, I'm going to this tactical training class in a month, you know, maybe you want to come with me and, and check it out and whatever, and just kind of encourage people to develop their skills and mm -hmm. develop the tools that they need that sometimes are so easy to get right now, but might not be easy to get, you know, when the time comes that you're in a stressful situation. So, you know, nudging people in the right direction. Um, another thing that got me thinking about this is I was talking to a, a, a listener, a guy, Jack, who was saying, you know, his community had talked to him about putting together like a, uh, 
uh, what do you call it? neighborhood watch, right? Something like that. And mm -hmm. with the neighborhood watch, he's like, look, you know, these people don't all agree with me politically and we're not all definitely the same thing. And I'm like, no, but you want to find the common ground, right? You want to find the things that you can agree on. You want to know what's normal. What's, what's happening in my community that we expect to see, you know, what's going on that feels right and normal and who comes and visits people, you know, is always oh, there, uh, you know, their son comes by once a week and checks on this person and whatever. But I think also it's, you want to know who has what skill, you know, oh, you know, there's a bunch of people who are not security minded, but when they see something funny, who in the neighborhood, who are the two or three people that they could call to, hey, you know, the guy next door kind of knows a little security stuff and he's a little tougher and better with talking to people who are, you know, whatever. When you're comfortable and you have that network of phone numbers and who is good at what? you know, oh, that guy's the EMT, you know, this person just broke their arm and it's going to be a half hour before the ambulance gets here. That'd be cool if mm -hmm. that guy could right. come over. But if you know who's available and who the resources are in your community, it can really be a game changer on the outcome. And, you know, the right. person doesn't come help if they don't know. And, you know, that's where you need to get to, you know, know people and understand what's available to you right there. And I think it's so important to kind of just get a feel for, you know, a lay of the land. You know, people have their big yard or whatever, you know, you have 20 acres or whatever. You probably go out, take the four wheeler around it and kind of notice and you know what's familiar and what you're used to. And, you know, oh, I always see deer over in this section. Oh, I always see, you know, whatever going on in the different places. You get familiar a lay of the land. Well, you can do that in your town and community and kind of get to know people. Now, we only have so much time and so many resources, but I, I know that as preppers, I do, and, and a lot of people get very focused in our own stuff, and we tend to lose sight of the bigger picture and all the goings on you know, around us and you know, kind of everything else, and we lose focus of that. And these other people and your community are a valuable resource and it is something worth developing. Like I said, it doesn't mean you need to tell them all your, uh, you know, all your supplies and, Hey, I'm a crazy prepper and Hey, I'm all whatever, but start to know each other and, and understand, you know, what's appropriate. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, like you were saying, a, a lot of us get focused on our own, you know, our own individual stuff, you know, what's going on, what, what supplies we have, you know, what, what stuff we've stockpiled. But the truth is, you know, we we're all, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that listen to the show and even me, I get into that mindset where I'm like planning for a end of the world apocalypse doomsday shit. But the truth of the matter is there's a lot of times where uh, prepping really comes in handy. You know, with the beginning of the pandemic, there was like a, a real shortage on a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of stuff that I had stockpiled, you know, people right. have, are, you know, worried about hoarding, you know, oh, you bought all the toilet paper up and didn't leave anybody for anybody else. You're not that person because you already have that stuff set aside right. somewhere, you know, and, and, you know, when it comes down to those things and, uh, you know, you're talking to your friends and neighbors and they're saying, I, I can't find toilet paper anywhere or I can't find this or that, you know, 
come on by or I'll stop by your place. I'll drop some off because I have extra. You know what I mean? Just right. being able to help out in your your community with with basic smaller stuff really makes a big difference. And that's one of the reasons that we prep so that we can help out friends or neighbors when uh, when they're not prepared. And then you can also, you know, use that as, you know, a conversation starter, you know, right. and yeah, I'm a crazy person. Exactly. I have I have right. boxes of toilet paper, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, think about stocking up on, you know, this or that next time you're at the grocery store, you know, next time you, you run out to uh, Walmart or Target. You know, maybe just buy a couple extra, you know, extra things to have on your shelf. You know, that's that's what I've been doing. And and if I can help out you, then, uh, you know, I'm happy about that. I don't need like right. a return in, in investment. But if I can use that as a way to encourage my friends and neighbors to to kind of uh, prepare themselves a little bit better, you know, plan ahead a little bit more, then that's, you know, that's a win. You know, and it, right. and what does it cost me? It cost me the extra, you know, eight dollars I spent three months ago at the at the store when I bought some extra toilet paper when it wasn't an issue. Those right. sorts of stuff really can, you know, help uh, help you create a network of people that that you can rely on. When they feel that they can rely on you, they also right. feel like they're going to help you out the best they can when they have an opportunity to do that. Exactly. No, that's the thing is building up that, you know, connection and then that connection is going to pay off. You know, it's, it's kind of like developing a skill, you know, you put your time into learning how to shoot and how to move quietly or how to track or how to trap or how to, you know, anything. The same thing is building up that connection with people. Um, the more that, you know, you, can work with and and interact with people in your area the more and like i said it doesn't have to be everybody i'm not saying go into the crazy socialist club on the corner or whatever and you know go in there and hey i'm gonna hang out with you because that's you know what i i was told to do that's not exactly what i'm going for what i'm saying is just get involved a little bit and see what's out there and see mm -hmm. what people you can connect with and you know just because somebody doesn't vote for the exact same person you do or agree with you politically doesn't mean that they're not a good person you know i'm always amazed at how much we have in common you know like we all want the best for our family we all want our kids to have good things we all want a safe community where we're not going to get shot we all want you know, a, a clean street that doesn't have garbage and, and litter all over it. You know, I mean, these are normal mm -hmm. things that people can agree on and, you know, that it ends up, we can, uh, you know, come together on so many things, but people get so caught up in the things that are different and the things that, right. you know, we can hate about each other. You know, the differences stick out like a sore thumb and it doesn't have to be that we can all kind of work together and agree and find that common ground. But I got to say, like, I have a strong feeling that me and the mayor, when we talk, we don't agree politically on things, but in the broader thing, but this guy cares about our community and wants to make the community better and wants to help the people in the community. And that's his only goal. 
um, you know, is how can I, you know, now again, sometimes his approach, but because that's his goal, when I talk to him about my kind of more conservative ideas and ways to do things, he's very open-minded and very interested in it because it serves the purpose of making his community better and having his people, you know, whatever. And it also frees up ideas, you know, money for other things that, you know, they can do. But yeah, I think a lot of people have, a lot of people have animosity towards, uh, you know, towards organizations and groups and, you know, it's really, you know, political difference is one thing. Um, but the truth is, if you sit down and talk to anybody, you're going to be able to find common ground. And a lot of right. people, uh, you know, we, I think of myself as, as a, a bit of a right wing extremist, uh, you know, but the I government talk to also, people. I talk to people that are, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I talk to people. I, I have, I know people that are socialists, you know, crazy people, you know, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm crazy too. You know, well, you I, I hear a lot of people. York. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of nut jobs up here. And, uh, you know, starting with our, our governor, you know, grabbing fannies and killing grannies doing his thing. But uh, yeah, Governor Cuomo, I, I don't know if he's on his way or out or not, but regardless, I don't think so. you, you can't stop gonna, a Cuomo yeah, in New York. In this. Yeah. In this state, even with all the nonsense that's going on, most of the people would vote for him again and reelect. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of my burden to bear. I got to live in this crazy uh, environment here. But that doesn't mean that that these uh, crazy people that I'm completely opposed to politically in every way, that doesn't mean that as a person, I can't get along with them and I I can't help them out. And, and, you know, they can't help me out, you know. So what you're saying is really on the weekends, you and Cuomo go hit the bar and hang out. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, we, you know, me and Cuomo head out to the bar, grab pussies, whatever it is that Cuomo does. I, I, is. I don't even understand anymore. Apparently, he's just been uh, grabbing, grabbing titties left and right up in the up in Albany there. But it, it doesn't make any sense. And that's the thing is, it's funny because it always seems that people who are very left leaning are the ones who have like, I mean, obviously, conservative women are offended when some guy gropes a girl or something. But I guess women are are uh, left leaning. Women are, are known for the uh, the the dramatic outrage with that kind of thing, and they're uh-huh. like, "Oh, that's so horrible!" And let's take down Hollywood. And they're just so outspoken about it. And then when it's somebody you know who's a champion of uh, left leaning mm-hmm. values, like like Andrew Cuomo. Then they're like, well, let's well, wait and see. Let's let's find let's, out let's what really happened. Let's not yeah, jump to Here's it. some yeah, video exactly. of it happening. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if I can really trust my eyes on that one. We don't know yeah. what led up to him grabbing her butt like that. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think everybody's guilty of that in their own way, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of the times yeah, we, we use the, these political differences as a, a way to judge people before we get to know them. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, you're you're a Democrat. You're liberal. I'm not even going to bother talking to you or getting to know right, you. Cause... But the truth of the matter is we all want want basically the same thing. We want to live in a safe community. We right. want to be surrounded with people that we can trust and count on when, when times get hard. And as a prepper, that's kind of our job to be somebody that's, that you can count on, to be somebody that right. our neighbors can count on. When, when things go bad, you know, um, 
And I think that's uh, that's important. Getting to know your community and getting to know the people that are around you every day, day in, day out. That's right. really important. And it's really important to build kind of a, a bond with with these types of people. And when you do that, you'll realize that that a lot of these people have a lot to bring to the table when it comes down to uh, to, you know, emergency situations. Exactly. No, and that's the thing. I mean, working together, knowing each other's abilities and resources, one, you can be a big help to your community. You can be a help to others. And I got to say, that's a big part of living. I mean, that's what makes life enjoyable and, and good is, you know, interacting that human connection and, you know, working together and helping people. I mean, that makes you feel good. It's nice to do nice things for people. And you want to take care of people. I'm good with that. I just don't want to take other people's stuff and then use it for whatever I want or, you know, whatever. That's where I, you know, find the, the problems. You know, at heart, the socialism idea kind of sounds nice because you're like, oh, we could all work together mm -hmm. and, you know, use people's, you know, everybody works like they should. And we'll all kind of just share the, the profits and it'll be great. Mm -hmm. The problem is the there is no the word community or like that that's not like a person like the community isn't really a thing it's a bunch of individuals and the problem is when the government the government is not like a big group it's individuals who make decisions and decide what's best and somehow the government people making decisions is not necessarily deciding what is best for the mass of people. You know, mm -hmm. people have individual needs and it just, the more you get removed, even if you're trying to help everyone and that is your intent and you care, you still can't satisfy everybody's need in the right way on a grand blanket level. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, where it starts to fall apart. But then you also add human nature, which has some selfishness and some greed and people want power and they want to be in charge. They want to be respected. And I swear the people who seem to seek out government office are people who crave, you know, respect from other people and whatever, rather than the people who necessarily earn it. You know, there was always that story of like Davy Crockett. You know, and, and he, you know, everybody's like, hey, go be a congressman, go, you know, hang out in Washington and whatever. And he wanted to help his community. And so he did it. He's like, hey, I'll go do the public service thing. But when you get there and, you know, he ended up his he has this uh, like kind of farewell speech that may or may not be factual. I'm told it is in the congressional record and you can go read it there. I, I don't know. I've read so many mixed reviews. He really was a congressman, whether you, you know, however it played out, I don't know at the end, but bottom line, he ends up giving this big impassioned speech about the government being there to serve the people. And then he's like, but you know, all I know is I'm going to Texas and you can all go to hell. Cause he was mm -hmm. like, we're not serving the people. That's the bottom line. Right. And he realized that going out, and just being a good person among the community, being a leader in his community brings more value than what politicians were able to do in Washington at the time. And I would like to say is the same case now, 
you being mm-hmm. a leader and a good person in your community and and I don't mean by having political office. You don't you can have political office and be a great asset in your community, but you can also just go kind of do, you know, take charge, organize right. things that need to be organized. You know, hey, if we had this food drive and we helped out this family that just, you know, had the lady became a widow and who knows what and the community burned, you know, let's let's organize and, and do something. That's fine. You know, let's go out and put the house back together that burned down. Let's go, you know, do something. That's great. You deciding that I should give and you should take my stuff to go help her out and you're going to take a little bit for yourself might not be what's best. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can understand what the fear of government is and, and why people, you know, get reluctant to, uh, you know, jump on board with that. But it's also, you know, not a, a bad idea to help each other out and to get involved in your community and kind of work together. That's all. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, man. Now, so, uh, you were saying yeah. that you were saying that uh, we got some patches in. What's the, what's the status patches. there? So all right. So we're um, all sent out. So everybody should have patches out there who who feels entitled to one. You should have received it by now. I even heard one made made it by dog sled up to Alaska. So. Oh, good. He got it. All right. Well, now, uh, how do I get a patch, though, if I want one? Oh. How would I go about getting a so patch? So if you wanted to, to have a cool prepping badass, maybe if you duck your head, people can uh, see what you're talking about here. Um, oh, yeah. So we actually put this up on YouTube also. And I know I said that last week and then it never ended up there. That's because mm-hmm. the video didn't really work out like I had a fantasy of. But yeah. we did try and put this episode up. Hopefully it's there this week too. Again, I don't know real time, but hopefully this is going to work out. Um, If it does, you'll be able to check this video out and you'll see this cool badass banner that Kevin's rocking. Um, Anyway, we have these awesome patches uh, and they're available to you. If you sign up to support us on patreon.com slam prepping badass, it takes as little as $1 a month. And we will send you out a patch. And if you want to sign up for one month, send us one dollar. I'll mail you a patch, and you can call and cancel it. Or you don't call. I guess you just go in there and click some buttons, and it cancels. Whatever right. your dollar a month, and then you win because the patch cost me about a buck, and it cost me like two bucks to mail it, plus like fifty cents for an envelope. So you're already coming yeah. out on top with that. But. uh you know, whatever. Also, if you want some badass gear like this cool prepping badass banner, t-shirts, whatever, um, check out prepping or yeah, preppingbadass.com. Um, maybe you want to be a sponsor of the show. I know some of you have reached out, said you're kind of putting your uh, prepping survival gear businesses together and things you might want to advertise or promote or do. I am happy to work with you, happy to kind of work out anything you want. Or if you just want, you know, you're a cool guy and, and you're a listener of the show and you want something, I, I might be able to plug you just, you know, who knows? I just like people. I'm a nice guy. I like to help people out. You know, shoot us an email. Talk to us. You know, maybe we'll uh, work something out. Anyway, um, have thoughts on show topics, uh, things you want to hear about. 
places where you want to tell Kevin he's wrong. I mean, that comes up all the time. Listener emails yeah, come in. There's a lot of people that disagree daily, with everything I say, and I love daily, that Daily, where they're like, Kevin is an idiot. I don't even know how you let that guy on the show. And I'm like, exactly. I say the same thing every morning. Is that another message just came in saying you're an idiot? Does your yeah, phone says, right uh, now say? Kevin, go fuck yourself. That's exactly. That's, that was that beep you that's heard with my phone letting right me now. know I'm an so, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I also set so, my own alarm on my phone, you know, periodically through hey, the day. Hey, go be a dick to somebody today. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what it says? Just a little... Little motiva- motivational reminder to be an asshole someplace, somewhere. Exactly. So, I don't know. Any thoughts, concerns, things you want to hear about, let us know. Um, again, yeah, you can email to, us uh, at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Or what mm-hmm. you saying? And, and it? check out yeah. our, our Facebook page if you have uh, have a chance. we got a lot of guys there posting a lot of interesting stuff, you know. Day in, day Somehow out Facebook wasn't letting me approve uh, new members or whatever, but all that's worked out. Right. Um, I think 30, 30 of you just got to join the club this week. So things are on the up. And otherwise, look out for each other. Stay safe. We'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. <laughs> Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.